Hello, welcome to JP Morgan Global Data Pod. I'm Ben Shatil. I head up Japan FX Strategy, and today I'm joined by my colleagues in economics research here in Tokyo. We have Ayako Fujita, who's our chief Japan economist, and Yuka Mera, senior Japan economist. So, Ayako, Yuka, let's kick off the discussion today by starting with the Bank of Japan.、Um, looking at markets over the past week, we've had the JGB yield trade above the 25 basis point ceiling band a couple of sessions. Um, the yen making fresh lows against the dollar. We got to that all important 150 level、um, after trying a couple of times. And all the while, we've had a steady stream of dovish commentary、uh, from Kuroda, from you know, other Bank of Japan officials. So, why don't we kick off the discussion talking a bit about BOJ policy and yield curve control policy, YCC? Um, Ayako, do you want to kick us off by reminding everyone of our, of our call for the policy outlook first? Okay, sure.、Uh, we expect the BOJ to adjust YCC in March next year. The last meeting for Kuroda's before his term end in April next year. So we are now starting to see a trend rise in inflation even in Japan with the BOJ core inflation, excluding fresh food and energy, and the BOJ's key, key indicator for its policy setting. Approaching the BOJ's target of two percent. In fact, the latest September print just released today rose to one point eight percent over the year, indicating a one percentage point rise from the beginning of the fiscal year in April. I'd like to ask you, Kar. So, do you expect inflation to accelerate even more from here? Yes, with broadening inflation pressures reflecting the gradual change in farms' cost-passive behavior, inflation continues to rise. And in the September CPI report, BOJ core inflation reached one one point eight percent. So we expect the trend rise in inflation to continue and BOJ core to reach two percent by year end and exceed two percent in first quarter next year. Then it will likely、um, decline below two percent as goods inflation wanes, but will still remain close to two percent through the rest of the year. So Ayako, how do you think the BOJ will respond to this? Sure. If inflation rate exceeds the target of two percent and stays close to two percent throughout the next year, as you expect, the BOJ likely will adjust its super accommodative policy setting. However, in addition to the inflation rate itself, BOJ has indicated several times two conditions for the start of policy normalization. So the first condition is that the rising inflation will not only be biased to energy and food prices, but also need to be brought into services. And the second in, you know, condition they indicated is the wage you know, need to rise. So Yuker, are these conditions likely to be met? If so, when? Yes, and by Early March, we expect these conditions to be confirmed by data. The government is steering policy toward an endemic COVID-19 equilibrium, and from October, it removed limits on public visitor arrivals and resumed the domestic travel subsidy program. And so, supported by these strong reopening dynamics, domestic demand likely will recover strongly in the coming quarters and push up service price inflation. Also, as service activity normalizes, there are already signs of labor market tightening with difficulties in hiring. So, a full-fledged recovery in domestic demand, strong corporate profits boosted by yen depreciation, and the government's policy support should support upward momentum in wage growth. 
and we expect the solid trend in wage momentum to be confirmed by a rise in winter bonuses in December and the spring wage negotiations in March next year. So Ben, are there any other factors that might drive the BOJ to change its policy? Can the um, recent yeah, rapid yen depreciation affect the BOJ policy change? Well, I think it's hard to argue that, you know, VOJ is going to change policy just because of um, what the yen is doing or what, what other markets are doing. Um, and, and as you know, that that's not our call. But I think what we can say is that this kind of, you know, mix of policy where we have VOJ sort of towing this very dovish line and the MOF stepping in to, to intervene in the market, that mix is, is not going to be sustainable. Um, so our interpretation is we, we think we're seeing some burden sharing going on in terms of um, dovish BOJ trying to keep the pressure off the JGB market and hawkish MOF, which is trying to smooth the impact on the currency. I agree. The BOJ needs to send dovish comment to maintain functioning of the JGB market. If BOJ hints at any changes in YCC, demand for JGBs, which has already declined with the market rising expectation of higher rates, likely will fall further. So this is particularly an issue in the primary market, where the BOJ cannot support purchases. So BOJ is currently facing a dilemma between JGB market functioning and currency stability, which may not be fully resolved without YCC's adjustment. So, I mean, in that sense, Ayoko, the, the BOJ move when it comes is, is likely to be a surprise since if we get an advanced signal that that's going to affect market liquidity and market functioning. So with that in mind, how do you think the BOJ is actually going to adjust YCC policy? Yeah, I think the you know, BOJ has three viable options for you know, to adjust YCC framework over the coming months. The first one is changing the YCC target for 10-year yield. And the second option is shortening the JGB target maturity from 10 year to five year. Or you no know, third option is of course the you know, complete removal of the YCC framework itself. Well, we don't completely rule out at any of these options, but I think you now I believe that level shift in the 10 year target is the most likely because this option would be sufficient to signal an incipient change in policy, which means a rising yield justified by farming inflation. But it would equally minimize you no know, JGB market disruption that at the current juncture could be uh, amplified by wide interest rate differential between Japan and its peers. So BOJ could easily raise the 10-year 10 10 target from 0 to 25 basis point while maintaining the current you know, plus minus 25 basis range, or you know, widen the range itself while maintaining the target at 0%. So anyway, both options would allow long-term yield to adjust higher, but selling of the YCC band, which you know, we assume would change from 25 basis to 50 basis point in either scenario would prevent a sharp or disruptive rise. So BOJ could raise the target further should inflation momentum rise further, leading to renewed pressure from the market. So how do you think the FX market will, re will react to this kind of move? Okay, well, I mean, I, I guess the first thing to say on the, the FX, on the yen, is we, we raised our targets to 155 last week. Um, and that really reflects the idea that if we do not get a change from the BOJ next week or, or indeed this year, then the yen really remains hostage to the dollar. And, and what I mean by that is 
you know, terminal pricing of the Fed, um, dollar rates, um, you know, what the market is pricing in for the Fed is probably the single most important factor in terms of driving dollar yen at this point in time. And that 155 forecast is loosely consistent with terminal pricing of the Fed at around five and a half percent, around 50 basis points higher than, than what we have currently priced in. Um, but Ayako, I, I think to your point, it's probably also important to note that every meeting from the BOJ for, from now onwards is probably a live meeting. So even though our, our baseline is no change at next week's meeting, um, that probability is, is still not zero. Um, I guess the final point to make, you know, in, in the context of this discussion is that if we're right in the sense that eventually the Bank of Japan does allow domestic yields to start climbing, so that 10-year that yield to start rising, um, you know, I think there's an argument that Japanese investors or, or Japan resident investors are going to have more of an incentive to buy domestic debt, so buy more JGBs. And what that means is we potentially some, see some spillover into markets where you know, typically J Japanese investors have held a high share of, of, of the total. So, in other words, if we see some substitution from foreign markets back into the JGB market, that could have an impact on global yields. And just to that point, when, you know, when I look at the flow data so far this year, we've seen a very fast pace of selling of foreign bonds by Japanese investors, um, something you know, getting on for 17, 18 trillion yen. And to put that in context, that's not all that far off the, the total annual trade deficit. So a very large flow and a very large unwind of foreign positions already. Let's leave it here. Thank you, Ayako. Thank you, uh, Yuka, for joining. Thanks, everybody, for listening in and hope we can do this again. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please refer to JP Morgan Research Reports related to its content for more information, including important disclosures. 2022, JP Morgan Chase & Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on October 21st, 2022.